And we're back again. Welcome people to episode 6, The Other Way Podcast, where we navigate modern life with a creative intervention. I'm Nick, your host. And I'm David. And today we're going to talk about workspaces, you know, what is a workspace and how it actually affects us and a way of working. spend 5 to 10 hours at our workspaces but we rarely think about any things about how we build our workspace let alone manage it and sometimes it puts us in a to kind of put us in like a ultimate state of productivity so today we're gonna be sharing some views about what workspaces are to us some personal experiences that shape how we view our workspaces and how you can also th- start thinking about your own with workspaces that allows you to do your work wholeheartedly so David is a digital nomad working remotely so that's definitely a setup that you need to easily collapse on command right and and for me I still work in Singapore so um, I work within two to three standard locations in Singapore so it's more like a hybrid of uh, owning a fixed setup to a remote setup right so so let's start this topic first by asking the key question you know like David what's actually a dream workspace to you what does it look like yeah so I think about this in terms of you know number one the physical right the physical space the size the furniture the lighting for example like the design of the actual physical space then I kind of think about it as the social aspect right the people who inhabit that space Uh, if you work in a say office or you work in a co-working space for example if the people there are friendly if they're smart if they kind of inspire you and then I think number three is kind of the personal right like on a higher level what does it emotionally, you know, what kind of emotions emotions does it invoke for you? So that's what I think about when it comes to, you know, the, the workspace, right? Do I feel excited to go into? Does it motivate me to get stuff done? And do I kind of think of it as a second home? Does it, you know, can I build community relationships and network? And I think many people don't think about the third point, right? They only think about the actual space itself. And so how about for you, Nick? Like what, what inspires you? So for me... I think it's down to three main points for me, right? So it's generally a place that energizes me. I think that's very important because day in day out you're working, right? You want to feel as energized as possible with your environment, with your people around you. Secondly, it's that it inspires creativity. So I think I, I'm an advocate for actually having like passion in what you do. So if you don't really feel like your day-to-day work actually triggers some kind of creativity then you probably will kind of end up like at a day then right so some place that actually triggers creativity if it's a, a fixed space you know like make the space as nice as possible so it helps you to be more creative if you need be you can shift around right and thirdly it's a, a place that triggers action right so for me it's a, it's a lot about decluttering it's a lot about like you know having as little as possible on the desk so there's there's not so much visual visual triggers or visual clutter so that, so basically i'm just really focused on my work and that triggers like action for me so there's a bit of flow in what i do daily yeah that's pretty cool right so you know i totally feel the same about my workspace when i had my home office back home in los angeles right so i want to have you know natural lights not a lot of distractions. You know, I think for me, what really kind of helped was having a window view. So I had one, it was kind of small, right? But I had a view of 
the city skyline in downtown Los Angeles. And it was actually pretty cool. You know, it actually, I think, motivated me to actually get my stuff done because I had something inspirational to look out to. That's nice. Actually, I was also researching about like uh, workspaces, right? So for me, like natural lighting, same as you, is something very important to me. And what I found out is actually every day when we wake up, actually, it's important to just get like a little bit of the sun, be just like to go out into sunlight. Just having like 5-10 minutes of actual sunlight helps your body kind of wake up because your eyes need the sunlight to kind of like uh, trigger the response of like waking the rest of your system up. So I think that's also kind of like the science behind productivity, right? So you want your your body to just naturally wake up with ease and that's really like the, what natural sunlight helps you with. Yeah, exactly, right? And so I would hate to like wake up and then go to like a windowless room to do mm-hmm. my work. It'd be the exact opposite of, I want, of what I want. Exactly. So talking about workspaces today, right? I think uh, it has largely got to do with the places that we work with in our starting starting years. So, oh my God, like um, speaking of which, maybe I'll share just what I thought was not so enjoyable during my, my days at one of my ex-workplaces. I say this experience did shape how I view workspaces today. So this was back in my high school period. So I was still like a aspiring coder back then, you know, like this was... Uh, what I was I was going into my student internship so I had landed at, like this internship at a startup web design company right and back then if you're a startup owner which is basically the boss of the company and if you were one from one of the elite government government universities in Singapore you more than likely will have like a certain kind of startup incubator that they kind of design for the students to start up their businesses there with a low cost and so I actually arrived at, at a startup that was one, one of that right so that was my official internship man that place was like stifling you know like i was bought af because imagine like an enclosed 400 square foot room i think that's one it's really like gray carpets four white walls and four white tables and that's all all, all it is to it i think what really really like was stifling was that the whole room was also lighted by the you know the very default like fluorescent light and everything so it's it's kind of like a potential like evening crime scene, you know. So there was no natural light and I literally came in to work every day and I would sit down at my table and I would be nodding my head, uh, falling almost falling asleep every morning and after lunch, you know. So waiting for like my 6 p.m. And that was not that was not good. I mean I, I did do my, my work as well. Uh, I was also really diligent and stuff, but the environment was just not working out right so later on actually so after this whole three months of internship right i actually went out and i just said to myself like nick oh my god i'm not going to be a coder uh if coder was like this and i think another thing that kind of affected how i viewed this was also the people so if you can imagine i think coders the typical stereotype was that you would be coders would be like coming to work you know they'll wear they'll be wearing like your gray and black hoodies and they'll just be like stuck to stuck into the computer screen and stuff like that so it's a bit <laughs> not the most interesting colleagues i would say yeah so, so there's really like no 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 one to i could really like connect to and like, really talk to and like yeah the 6 p.m line Mark was literally what I was looking for every day. <laughs> mm. Yeah. You know, it's funny because maybe, right, if your workspace would have been better, who knows, you might you might have been a coder today. I think so too, actually. I have I, I do think if my, my place was like cooler, you know, like with like a little bit more like a Facebook, Google kind of like office setup, yeah, I probably would have been like, oh, okay, coding's pretty cool, you know, like I I, I don't mind life like this. 
<laughs> how, how about you, David? Mm. Do you have like any kind of like nightmare workplaces experiences? Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I think about, you know, my very first job when I was 16 and I uh, was a file clerk. So I had to file medical documents because uh, I worked at a weight loss surgery clinic, and this is back in San Francisco. Oh, I didn't know that. And I remember yeah, everyone was really nice, right? And and I, but I remember the filing room, right? This this kind of windowless, small fluorescent lighting, filing cabinets stacked high up to the ceiling. You know, it felt really claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. I was like in that tiny room, just filing these stacks of like you know EKG reports and like doctor's notes. And you know, you know, for ten dollars an hour as a summer job. Yeah, 20 years ago as a teenager, it's definitely doable. But just imagine having to do that for years or decades, right? Yeah. Uh, definitely not sustainable for the long term, right? To be in that kind of small claustrophobic room. So, you know, it wasn't a nightmare workplace, but I think it was just like not, it was probably, you know, my least favorite uh, workplace space that I could think of. And during those times, there was no like kind of like a digital system to kind of like store all the data, right? So I, pre- I believe it's really like heaps and heaps of like files and like labeling and like dust, correct? Yeah, this is like right around, I think, the late 90s, early 2000s. And so, you know, the internet was still a thing. And I think a lot of people didn't transition to sort of uh, the digital, the cloud yet, obviously, right? So a lot of it was, yeah, done manually. Mm -hmm. Like you have these just papers and... You know, I now that I think about it, it's like just amazing that, you know, still doctors might like some of the older ones might still do this, right? But I, I can't imagine having to file these papers and just being that in that stuffy kind of file room, right? But they still exist in, in many parts of the world, right? And many in many offices. But yeah, it's definitely not for me. Definitely not the dust, definitely not the the kind of like a <laughs> <laughs> mental torture of like filing things day in, day out, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it was it's just not it's not sustainable, right? So that's why they just probably hired high school students like me back in the day to do that work because again you can only do that for a couple months before you want to like just move on and do something else Ah. what about let's talk about maybe like the better workspaces or the best workspaces in your life david like do you have any workspaces that you really really love in your in your whole lifetime doing your corporate job yeah so i could think of definitely one of them right and it was actually my time working at google and it is truly you know it's it's been i think six years since i left but it's you know i have very fond memories of the workspace, right? It was just like a great, well-designed place to work. The physical space, for example, you had like amenities, 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 just like everything you could have wanted was there. So they have multiple gyms. And I worked at the main campus. So this is in the Bay Area in San Francisco. And, you know, you have like just a, the entire, a, lot of the, a big chunk of Mountain View was like a Google campus. And you had like two dozen cafes, multiple gyms, all you could eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We had guest speakers. We had events. And I could tell you it was amazing, right? Uh, just the design of the bra- so the design of the actual office, right? It was, you know, it was kind of an open floor planning. You had you had a dedicated workspace, obviously, but it wasn't kind of the the sort of stacked high cubicles where the the, the cubicles with the walls. We didn't have anything like that. And the design made the organizational structure feel very flat, right? So oftentimes the manager would sit on the floor. The director would always have his door open. You know, you didn't feel that there was like layers upon layers at Google. And the way they designed like the break rooms, it like fostered, you know, good communication. It was always fully stocked. And and I I think of it as probably like, you know, really, really just good, right? And and not only sort of the intentional design of making the space flat, but also just 
having actual designers design, say, the lobby and the break rooms, right? It, it felt really niche and it felt really modern. So uh, like a very fun place to work. But, you know, when I kind of think about it, right, you know, well-designed workplace is just, it's a, it's a perk, mm-hmm. right? And, and it's just that a perk, right? Ultimately, you know, the, the job opportunity and the role should lead to growth. And so, you know, that's kind of how I, how I think about my, the, the workspace at Google. Mm. It's, it's. And like, how about mm-hmm. you? Uh, no, I, I was actually thinking like, actually Google makes it so beautiful. And I just wonder like, like when you're time working in Google, right? Do you ever feel like time passes you by? Because you enjoy like the, the space and everything. Were you really like fully immersed in the workspace? Did, did, that, did, that, did that affect you in that way? Yeah, you know, I, I think about, you know, a lot of people spend their entire day at you know, Google. So that was, for me, it was the same thing, right? So I would get into work at around 8 a.m. So we have breakfast before and just chit chat a little bit, get into work by 8.39, work, you have lunch, go to the gym afterwards, have dinner. And then by the time I get back, it'd be 9 p.m., right? So I spent the entire day there. And it again, it felt like a college campus. So it was designed so that you don't need to do anything. Like they even had laundry rooms there. They had actually had on-site you don't even have and to even leave. an on-site doctor. It's yeah. a city, right? Yeah. And I actually, I I knew of maybe a, one or two people who had RV. Mm-hmm. So you would, you know, like a little kind of recreational vehicle. So they didn't actually have a place to live. So they lived in their little like RV. They'd park in the parking lot, live there. And then just uh, use that space to sleep. Right. And then just, you know, live live at Google for the daytime so that was kind of interesting that it, it it did foster that i don't know of anyone who actually slept at work uh they obviously didn't want you to they didn't obviously encourage you to do that but uh, it definitely was a place where you could just spend yeah the majority of your working hours at the google campus mm, that's amazing I, w- I was always intrigued by basically how this large companies design their entire space which actually kind of, I think they track, right? So the better the spaces, the more collaborative they design it to be and the more like how they kind of funnel your walkway so that there's more collision and everything. I think they kind of track the metrics of like, how does that turn out for the business? You know, like how much more productive the people in this campus become versus like uh, the other one who does not have this design. Yeah, I, I think it definitely, you know, I think for... You know, if you're if you're if you like your role, right? If you like what you're doing day to day, and you like the people you work with, like having a good workspace matters, right? Because again, like you said, leads to better collaboration, and you know, like happier people will drive creative output, right? You don't, you know, if you feel like you feel depressed at work, it's not a good place to work. You don't want to stay there, right? You know, you're not motivated, and I think like companies like Facebook, like Google, are very intentional about creating workspaces that kind of lead to good creative output, right? So for myself, I had a workspace that was that I would market as like the one of the best workspaces. It's similar to your what you experienced at Google, but maybe a little less fancy. <laughs> so this this was a time when I was in uh, advertising, when I was still in advertising. I was a I was a creative junior art director, and this we were in a small agency, right? So we were co-sharing like a workspace uh, with a larger agency in a really beautiful warehouse building in Singapore, and just like all creative agencies, there will surely be some kind of a statemental piece of art at the hallways to greet guests 
to kind of set the tone of that, hey, you know, this is like a divine creative space that you're entering, right? So ours was a sculpture of a melted Superman. So the piece was titled No One Can Save Us by the artist Eric uh, Fernander and Steve Lawler, uh, aka Mojoko. Shouts to them. You can look, look them up. So pretty cool statue and it's, it really looks like, hey, you know, like this, this place is really cool. The moment you step in, like, wow, it's very statemental, right? And when you enter the building, there will be high ceilings. So natural light coming through so that's really really beautiful it, it feels like a little like a church and stuff like that and um, what I really enjoyed was also there was uh, the, the whole they had two stories and the whole two stories was decked with um, wooden flooring so that it was echoing sounds of like footsteps in the morning and that coupled with like your coffee, the smell of coffee, fresh coffee and like they had a lot of nice food, very well stuffed pantry as well. So you you get the smell like um, the smell of peanut butter toast, um, Nutella and, and all tea and matcha in the morning. It's a very nice feeling. So I, I look forward to actually going to work every day. Yeah, and, and it really feels like, you know, like you really feel like uh, you're part of a little community. They they do monthly breakfast catch-ups as well. So th- so that's when the whole company gathers around um, having the breakfast and they would do their monthly kind of review of like what projects are going on, you know, which complex projects were completed, like comments from the clients and stuff like that. So it was really nice. It was very fun. And like the people were also really diverse, you know. So I think all this kind of adds on to the experience. And well, well, I... I I wasn't really actually looking towards being a creative like long term right but that experience kind of like marked uh, it as one of the best experience ever because the workspace basically like owns uh, shit down and th- that's like a huge uh difference from my previous experience at, at the IT firm where like you know <laughs> it was basically black uh black and white space versus like a really like colorful rainbow space yeah you know, do you think all the perks, right, the sort of the, the good smells and just the pantry being filled, do you think that people were kind of, it would lead to distractions? Because I always kind of wonder, and this is maybe what people think, right? You make people too comfortable and they don't, and it turns into like a lounge rather than a workplace. Did you ever feel that? I think there might be some, some who probably get distracted. Like for me, however, I think it's also like a good pick me up, right? It's, I think probably the same for Google. I believe the work, there's definitely always a lot of work, uh, enough work to keep you busy. And sometimes you just uh, face like a little crash at 3 to 4 p.m. and you need like a little pick me up. So that's where you go into the pantry to get some food, you know. I think it's, it's, it's more good than bad, right? So kind of getting up, to go to the pantry to get like, I don't know if it's a cup of water or like some matcha or like just a snack, right? It kind of helps you to move around so so you don't get stuck to your computer, your desk for the whole day. I think that's a, that's a good thing. And I think secondly, I think it encourages you to just like pick your colleague up like, hey, you know, let's have like a short break together. I think sometimes just like interacting, basically interacting kind of boosts productivity in that way. It's counterintuitive. Uh, it might seem that, you know, like we are taking time off from work when we should have been working at a computer. But hey, you know, you never, you know, never know some of this like conversations, you know, might lead you to actually doing it a little bit better or like coming up with a new idea for a project. And, and that's pretty cool, you know. Yeah, it's, it's a long, non-linear kind of, of way of thinking about it, I guess. Mm. Yeah, and you could actually argue too, right, that if you're going to go out, take a break anyways, or you have to leave the office, 
go walk, you know, for like 10, 15 minutes, right? And, you know, people take their time and you maybe get a snack that's not very healthy. Mm. And so you can argue that, well, it wastes more time, right? So might as well have it in the office. Of course, people can take walks in the neighborhood, right? But typically when you have a pantry that's well stocked with healthy foods, right? Nothing that's overly sugar, sugar, right? You have like healthy nuts, um, you know, uh, like healthy fats, for example, right? Less, less, less sugar, less salt. That it leads to just your, your less brain fog, right? Right, that you can kind of have better output because you're more energized because of what you eat, right? The, the quality of the food versus just getting junk food from like around the corner, right? So I think, yeah, I think that matters as well. And I think Google is very intentional about having to make sure that the that there was food, but also the food was good for you. Yeah, I believe so. Well, I think it serves two types of employees. For mine, I think the same for Google, right? Like you, you do get your regular stash of like nuts and like your yeah your healthy stuff your fruits and everything yes that's that's one side of the stash and then the other side of the stash which is where the cupboards are it's your nutella it's your kit kats you know it's your yeah. sneakers yeah sneakers uh, advertising people are sneakers right <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah it's actually very funny because i remember in, in in the la office and it was actually the building was designed by a very famous architect called frank geary but all of the other pantries right in the break rooms were all healthy healthy snacks except for this one little corner of the building where it was like the junk food corner and it had like you said snickers Kit Kat bars, Oreos, uh, Rice Krispie treats. M&M's, it's just yeah. like, yeah, yeah. And so maybe it was kind of like, okay, well, if you want the junk food, you can, but we're going to make you work for it. So like eat it sparingly, right? So I thought that was very funny that you that you mentioned that as well. Yeah, yeah. I think I think all in all, it's uh, they let you choose. I think that's the, 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 the nice part about these companies, they allow you to choose what you want and they literally think about both both types of uh, employees, the health conscious ones and the one who are just like kind of chasing after like that sugar high, right? Yeah, so you get a little bit of that. But I, I think all in all, like these companies, they they are intentional, I believe. Yeah, they're anti- they are intentional. I believe they also do kind of like educate periodically, you know, like like their employees, you know, to eat healthy, lead a healthy lifestyle. And that's, that's where like Google has all your gyms and like all your little like exercise uh, facilities, right? So that kind of helps to kind of counter it. So it, you get to eat, you get to enjoy, but we also offer you the facilities to, you know, like counter all those um, bad things that you're putting on your body during your breaks. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it is and an, sort of on a bigger picture, right? It's to help manage stress better, right? When you can exercise, regularly because it's convenient to go to the gym because it's at work right and if you eat better because you don't need to cook your own food or go out to eat it's just there in the office it usually will lead to lower stress levels right your work is more sustainable as a result you could sleep better and then the, the, the cycle kind of repeats right these healthy cycles can repeat so it makes your work more sustainable and i think that is you know and you think about the long-term effects right less turnover less attrition like less people leaving the company and i think it's you know translates to actual real dollars saved for the company by investing in creating a uh, good and productive workspace and it's also light on your own pocket right because you don't have to you know like spend money for lunch or like dinner you can literally just like like stay in office and you just like eat <laughs> exactly exactly so you know that was one yeah. of my tricks and to save money right in my 20s because i it's almost like going to college and paying to go to college right it felt like a college campus and i didn't spend any money during the middle of the week because i was 
at Google most of the time. So I, I was very fortunate that I was able to, you know, I would only just use the money for rent back in my apartment and then just going out on the weekend. That's nice. <laughs> so yeah. actually, uh, working, working remotely, I think so we are, we've seen like how the environment, the people, like the food kind of affects, you know, how, how we like our workspaces. So David, have you ever kind of noticed yourself after leaving Google, right? Do you ever notice yourself trying to like remaster like the brilliance of a workspace in some way? Now that you're working remotely, right? Yeah, I, I think, you know, obviously it'd be a, quite a challenge for me to recreate exactly Google's workspace, right? And so there were times when, you know, I was working remotely from my home office or home workspace and in Los Angeles, right? So for one thing, right, you have to kind of, you know, minimize distractions uh, and maximize inspiration. So, you know, I kind of think about the senses, right? So like, you know, I'm, for me, I'm actually most sensitive to sound, and so I want to make sure that I could be in a workspace where I don't, where I'm not distracted, where I can maybe like put on some earplugs actually to work or maybe put on some like soothing music. It gets me focused oh, on work. And this here. is also both in sort of, especially in a shared workspace, right? How, you know, I've sometimes been in workspaces where the air is very stale, right? So it smells kind of uh, moldy, like musty. There's no kind of fresh air. And I think that also is directly related to kind of natural light, natural sunlight, right? So you kind of have, if you think about it, right, visually, like in your in your mind, right, a place with like high ceilings, lots of natural light, you could open up the windows and have fresh air flow in. I've been in, and, uh, you know, conversely, I I checked out this actually, this workspace in Istanbul this week, and the space itself was okay, but what it was was that, you know, people here smoke a lot, and I don't know where the smoke was coming from, but I would just be working and all of a sudden I would have this kind of, you know, I felt like I was inside a club <laughs> where you just have smoke. And no one was smoking in the workspace either. So I'm like, where is this kind of cigarette smoke coming from? I found it very distracting. And because of that, after an hour of kind of on and off smoke smell, I had to leave. It was like, I cannot work. So that's kind of the minimizing of distractions and, you know, maximizing inspiration, right? So like, I think having... Like having a good view, you know, obviously in the, in the optimal case, it'd be good to have a window and you can like look out on like a beautiful seascape or or you're in like a high floor of a building and you can look out um, to the city. But, you know, I try to, when I kind of look up from my screen, it'd be great to see other people working versus, you know, facing my computer in front of a wall. So I think those are little you know, little kind of optimization techniques to sort of get me sort of in the mood, right? To 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 kind of get me focused on working. Mm, nice. I, I, I can relate to that as well. So I love, you know, like um, for music wise, I, I'm, I'm probably not so much a quiet, silent person. So I, I do need some background music to kind of kick off my productivity. So I listened to this um track on YouTube. They are called Chill Cow. So I think they're a production company. Their music is, is, is usually soft. And at the same time, it's kind of like melodic, right? So it kind of helps me with my creativity, creativity and also helps me to keep calm. So that really boosts my productivity because when I'm calm, I'm more more than likely creative and that therefore I'm more than likely able to just complete my tasks one after another without feeling tired. Exactly, yeah. right? And I, I think of it as like even in um in a shared co-working space, I can't actually move the furniture because I can't, you know, it's like it's a shared co-working space, but you make it work, right? I think these little these little kind of hacks or these little ha- uh, things that you could tips that you could do can dramatically kind of th- think about. And I actually noticed too, even with listening to music, like it's really helped really help me like dens out any of the distractions, right? If there's like people honking, right, which people do a lot here, it's actually very distracting. So by putting on music, it really helps me to sort of get in the mood of working. Mm. 
I think also, Keno, I'm also very similar to you in terms of like wanting to look up from work and actually see other people working. So I love Bangkok for, my, for myself. Like when I, when I travel to Bangkok as well, sometimes I do work in some of the cafes. So I, what, I, what I love about the Bangkok cafes is that the people there are just so creative, right? So when you, when you enter a cafe, more than likely you'll be seeing people with their MacBooks on, you know, and, and then if it's a black screen, most likely this person's like coder. If it's uh, or more than likely you'll, you'll be seeing people like either doing design or like Adobe Premiere Pro, right? So it's it's very inspiring because like um, being around these creative people, it kind of energizes me. And I like a I like a place like this. So where I usually visit in Bangkok is this place called Casa Lapin. It's in Saton Soy 12. Very, very beautiful place. You know, they serve really nice coffee. And the dessert is also like awesome, right? And, and it's at, at a pretty good price. The other one that I go to is a Rocket Coffee Bar. Also at Saton Soy 12. Yep. So these blue places are kind of like my usual haunts when I want to just go there, be inspired and I'll be there with my laptop and just really there's a crunching work and, and, and it feels enjoyable, you know, it's not the kind of like, oh, I got to get this done, this done today. It's, it's the kind of like, you go there, you you look at the, kind of enjoy the whole scenery of like the whole cafe with people, some of them talking, you know, some of them working and definitely there'll be a lot of people taking shots for their Instagram, you know, like thousand and one shots. But that's, that's really like ties yeah. for you, right? And it's, it's very nice. It's, it's a very nice environment mm. to be in. It's very positive. It's very, there's a lot of creatorship some kind of creators kind of energy in 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 a in a atmosphere so it's yeah it's it's very rejuvenating yeah yeah and it's funny yeah you know for all our listeners out there you know we highly recommend bangkok it's actually you know i agree with you it's one of my favorite cities and the energy like people are like hustling and i think Istanbul feels a little like that right now people are just like i think it takes a kind of person right to want to go to a co-working space, right? If you are a consultant, if you work from your own, no one tells you you got to go to a co-working space where you have to get up and tell yourself that I want to come here, right? And I think because of that, it actually filters out, you know, a certain type of person, right? Someone who's like very motivated. So whether I'm in a cafe in Bangkok or a co-working space in Bangkok or anywhere else in the world, I it's very refreshing to see people kind of you know, working on the computer. I yeah, you're right. I try to sneak in to be like, hey, what's 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 this guy? You know, I'm kind of a little stalker, so I try to look. Hey, at what like, you oh, doing? This guy working on? <laughs> what is this person working on? And, and it is very funny, right? I think here it runs a gamut, right? Like like you said, some people have code, some people have like what is it, a presentation software? Some people have a spreadsheet. <laughs> uh, it's funny, you know, in San Francisco, everyone has code, and in LA, everyone has a screenplay. Right. So it's it's very very interesting. But in in other parts of the world, it, it just it, it's a flurry of different you know different things people are working on. So I think you know you kind of feel like you know what the mantra is like i belong here right you belong here we're in the right place and i think it's kind of nice right that you even though you don't work for the same company Mm -hmm. right because these are just like random people working for themselves or random companies you still feel like you know what i'm you know i'm one of you guys like like i'm here to build community with all of you so i think that's really important yeah it's community community which is a great segue actually towards our next topic which is where i was going to talk about co-working spaces right so what's a co-working space so a co-working space is basically for listeners who are not familiar it's a membership-based workspace where diverse groups of freelancers you know remote workers and other independent professionals work together in a shared communal setting. So as you know, you know, supporting our common consensus uh, about the importance of a positive work environmental so far, right? HBR or Harvard, Harvard Business Review 
also kind of covered an article on why people thrive in co-working spaces. Yeah, reporting that people who work in co-working spaces tend to thrive an average of 6 out of a 7-point scale. And this is a point higher than the average employees who do their jobs in regular offices. And the contributing factors spotted why these people are in co-working spaces are generally, uh, generally more thriving, right? Is basically three things, right? So number one is that they, they generally work, they generally feel like their work is more meaningful. Number two being that they feel like they have more job control. And number three is that they actually feel part of a community. So I think community here is like, it's like a probably a central theme of what we've been covering so far. You know, community, the people around you affects how you think about a lot, a lot, a lot about life. Right, so the thoughts around you, the the conversations around you, kind of shape how you view the world as well. So being in the right community matters a lot. That's that's what I think you and I feel as well, right? So I've also been looking at some co-working spaces myself. You know, like after leaving my job, probably I will want to go into like a space where I can actually meet people of my kind. So David, I don't know, I don't know if you're you have some like tips and tricks. You know, like how what what do you look for in a co-working space? You know, for me, like I always felt that I thrived better in a co-working space, and you know during this year with the pandemic and COVID, you know, I actually stopped going to a co-working space for better half of a year, right? Uh, sorry, better half of like six months. So like six, eight months. And now like in Istanbul, I've been trying to kind of go back, you know, on a limited basis to make sure I could only go back when it's like very few people. And to me, right, I, you know, some people can work at home, right? I, I can do that. But I just felt like over the last like couple weeks and months, it's been really hard because, you know, I really thrive when I can, you know, meet people, right? See people working. It gets me kind of in the mood. And so I, to me, like it was a necessity that I kind of go back into the community, right? That I feel it rejuvenated me. And so to that point, right? You know, if you're going to go to a working space and there's like no one there, then there's actually no point, right? Because you're paying money and you're just like, it's you're paying for an empty room. It's just, might as well just work from home, right? So I, I think right the the social aspect matters right in addition to the space right so and you know i tell people kind of shop around right because now with like an increasing amount of workers going remote that there are you know more and more of these spaces popping up in all over the you know in cities all over the world so usually you could ask for like a day pass for free if not you could just purchase a day pass for yourself and i would say like see if they have you know networking events i think it's really hard to get a sense of the people and the community just by like a day, right? It would be obviously more challenging than getting a sense of the the physical space because you see it right in front of you, right? But, you know, usually by a day, you could kind of like look around, you know, in the break room, you could kind of say hi to people and you could kind of, you know, right? You know if people are like kind of friendly to say hi to you. I do think that places that are kind of mini startups right when you have like a bunch of little companies or like seed stage startups there i think maybe those people are more more willing to talk to you versus maybe like a more mature co-working space where it's only like a couple of corporate clients then they may all just stick together right they might not want to branch out so that's something to look out for and when you look at the community board right you could ask them like hey what kind of networking events do you have do you have social mixers do you invite guests to speak and that's actually a good place as well right because you pay your membership but you're actually buying into like a community where you could then interact with people in that community so i give you an example right so in bangkok i went with a WeWork membership so i was a WeWork member for about eight months and i could tell you it was you know it's, it's definitely like 
probably the most expensive option versus other co-working spaces in Bangkok. But, you know, I want to, you know, I really, this is at a time when I just came to Asia. I really want to like hit the ground running and like they had a lot of good networking events. And I said, you know, why not? And I could tell you it was a really good, like I, I felt that it was, I, it was well worth the price, you know, because there were so many networking events, networking events, I was able to meet a lot of people. But I will have to say that at every single price point, there will be people that you could connect with, right? So some co-working spaces are free, all, you know, all you have to do is purchase a drink. And, you know, each space will actually definitely have its trade-offs, right? So, you know, I tell people that, you know, with, say, like a more expensive corking spaces, you have more of the corporate types, right? But you also have people who are like, maybe you have more, you have a more mature companies, companies who are doing better financially. And so, you know, the, the type of people that you meet, there will be different versus people at more, I would say, economically viable corking spaces. Maybe they're more scrappy startups. And then you meet people who are like, of, of kind of that cohort so again there's like different trade-offs all i could say is that you know there will be always kind of people that you'll be naturally drawn to in these spaces right you just have to get out there and be willing to like talk to people and to and to make friends that's very inspiring i would definitely look up for this kind of people i don't know so so what i've been doing is i've been just getting my my foot into these co-working spaces and kind of just letting the person in charge kind of bring me around so uh, a lot of these spaces are really beautiful i would say there there are some that are also kind of like uh, really basic and like it's uh i think the lighting is just not bright enough and stuff but i think other than environment uh, i don't really get much chance to kind of get a sensing of the people there other than just like basic outlooks right do you have any tips of like how can i just kind of get a little bit more data about who these people are from these co-working spaces right yeah so yeah i think the only way to do it is to try it out right i think there's no hard and fast rule i mean obviously if you had a like network so i i think joining community spaces joining like digital nomad community lists uh, community lists will help because you could ask for recommendations and that's how i kind of tried out this work co-working space in istanbul like i'm on a few of these lists one of them being nomad list and so i would they have a slack channel for every country and i just said hey like i'm looking for a co-working space or i'm looking to meet people and then i would meet up and i would ask them Hey, like what kind of co-working spaces do you recommend and sometimes you get a lot of good advice and you know you could try it out and then you have a friend to go with right and so from there you feel a little bit more settled and you know from there it's it's you are talking you know with your sort of corking buddy and then it makes you i would say more enthusiastic right gets you more motivated to then meet other people so usually even as benign as like a hey how are you when you like pass someone at the space you could smile or when you when, we, when you're in the break room getting coffee kids just make a joke or just say hi i think that can usually lead to like more productive conversations when you open yourself up like that. So I think to answer your point, right, I think it's just like just trying it out. And that's how you really know. Mm. That's very good advice. Cool. Well, I think uh, that's, that's a good place to end. Listeners, what are your thoughts about co-working spaces, you know, and are there any interesting stories to share about your experiences with these spaces? You know, feel free to DM us and tell us your story. We can be found at Instagram on the other way cast. That's T-H-E-O-T-H-E-R-W-A-Y-C-A-S-T. And meanwhile, if you have any supporting questions, you know, topics if they want us to cover uh, in our next episodes, please also DM us your ideas and we might just tackle it in our next topic. Meanwhile, if you enjoyed this podcast, please hop on Apple iTunes to give us a five-star rating and review as it helps us gain more visibility on air, which gives us the opportunity to connect with more listeners like you. And also be sure to catch us with more future episodes next week as we dive into more tips and anecdotes on how to navigate your modern life and stay tuned. Bye for now. See you next week.